pastor. Thanks, preacher. Yes, sir. He said uh, he's going to say things he didn't mean to say. I think he's setting me up for later. If he's in trouble or something, they'll be like, That's Pastor, right. I prayed. I know you didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Good to, right? All right. I hear you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. We've been in Acts for just a little bit now. This is the seventh message in, in the book of Acts. And uh, we're trying to go uh, chapter by chapter or uh, paragraph by paragraph, wherever the Lord leads. And I'm thinking at some point we'll skip a few paragraphs and jump through. But I'll be honest, in, in the study of the scriptures, I, I haven't been able to jump forward. It's just been so good. And uh, I don't want to get out of the glory bowl as we're uh, finding out this new transition period in the book of Acts and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. It amazes me how the Lord puts things together. On Wednesday nights, we've been going through the fruits of the Spirit and uh, how they how they work in your life and, and how some are between you and God. And some of the fruits are for other people only. And some of the fruits simply show who you are. And as I got to look at the fruits of the Spirit, boy, I got under great conviction. And uh, the Lord's been dealing in my life. And I love that. Because one of the things I want is to walk closer with him each day. And if you knew me like I knew me, you'd wonder that God even wants to walk with somebody like me. But the truth of the matter, he does. And can I just tell you, the Lord wants to walk with you this morning. He wants a personal relationship. He, just, he doesn't want you to just be his son or his child. He wants to be your friend. Amen. It's one thing to, uh, to be related to somebody. But it's another thing to be the friend of somebody, the one that you talk to, the one that you share your joys with, your goodness, your gladness. And even in the hardest of times, you, you call up your bestest of friends and say, hey, man, I'm struggling right now. And I just I just really wanted to talk to you And in the deepest uh, part of the night. The phone will ring and, and it's OK. Hey, listen, if somebody I don't care for calls me about two in the morning, my brows are frowned. And it's not because I can't see. It's because I'm ticked. Like, why would you, if it's one of them telemarketers, buddy? Let me just tell you, I've about had it with them guys, right? Thank the Lord my phone doesn't ring between 12 and 6 a.m. But come 6 a.m., my phone, how many get them crazy calls? 20 a day. It's crazy. And they'll stir you up. But your friend call you at 2 in the morning? You're like, what's going on? Hey, man, it's okay. No, no, don't worry about it. It's okay. Can I just tell you, that's Jesus. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. You call upon the Lord. And he'll incline his ear to you. It's good to be saved, isn't it? I'm encouraged. Hey, listen, if I think about how bad I am, I get pretty discouraged pretty quick. And I think about how my body's falling apart, all the things that I fail and that I think I can do and I can't. But all I do to lift up my spirits, man, is think about the goodness of the Lord. And I'm thinking, man, I got it made. I got Jesus. He's my friend and he cares for me and he walks with me and talks with me. Amen. And uh, I'm just thankful for that. But we get into the Holy Spirit. And then here we are in Acts, in this transitional time where I tell you the biggest thing that's happening in Acts is the Holy Spirit is here to stay. <laughs> hey, and that doesn't mean much to you until you recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit of God. You start studying the Holy Spirit of God and what his job is and what he does and your benefits from the Holy Spirit of God. You'll say, preacher, I'm so glad that I live on the latter part of Acts chapter 2. I'm glad to have the Holy Spirit of God. If I had to pick walking with Jesus during that period of time in his three and a half years of ministry or living my life with the Holy Spirit of God, I think I'll take the Holy Spirit of God. I got the rest of my life with Jesus, right? But this sweet time, this sweetness of the Spirit of God is amazing. 
And listen, I bet you you'll not find anywhere in the scripture where they aren't glad to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Boy, it just satisfied them. You understand what that happened? They walked with Jesus, but when they got the Spirit of God, they were satisfied. It was going to work. Listen, here's the thing. He's the Spirit of promise. They knew the day was coming. They'll be with Jesus again. But I'm satisfied with the Holy Spirit of God. The day's coming. The Lord's coming back. That's going to be a good time. We're going to get to walk with Jesus. But I'm happy with the way it is right now, being in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. It's good. It's wonderful. And uh, as we go through this transitional phase here uh, in the book of Acts, we get to see the impact of the Holy Spirit and what it does in regards to the commission. When he left off and he gave them the commission to go ye therefore into all the world, imagine going without your supplies. Imagine going without the power. Imagine going without the things you need and being sent empty-handed. God would never do that. That's why he, he gave them the commission, and then he said, but wait right here. And then for about 10 days, they, they stood in, well, they didn't stand, but they stayed in, the, in that room. And they waited, and they waited for the presence of the Spirit. And then suddenly, the Holy Spirit arrived. And boy, it cut loose from there. Hey, listen, you know what cut loose? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ was cut loose around this world because the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. We get into Acts chapter 2. Let me just pick up right here in verse 14. Let me find my glasses. How do you like that? Here they are. Acts chapter 2. Verse 13 said, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Because what had just happened was they were in the room. They were assembled together. And suddenly the Holy Ghost of God appeared. Right? And it filled every one of them. It filled the whole place. They got the power of God. They started speaking in this unknown tongue. Why? Because there were all types of Jews from all over the world gathered in this one place. Right? And, and all of a sudden, these, these Galatians, or not Galatians, these Galileans, right? They started to speak in this unknown tongue, unknown to them, but known by others. And they said, all these, these Jews started coming because rumor had it that these men were acting crazy. So these Jews and renowned men, and they all started coming and running, saying, hey, they're speaking in my tongue. And see, they started to hear something a message was starting to spread right then around the world. And all those different languages, as these men were filled with the Holy Ghost and started to speak in this unknown tongue, they started to speak different languages. Of course, if you read uh, that chapter there in 2, it started to talk about all the different nations of people that were there and, and in their tongues or in their dialects of the wonderful works of God. Those people started to hear, finally, the testimony of God. And then all these other men were coming around. Some believed, but some said, they're crazy. Bunch of, bunch of wackos. Look over there. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. That's why they're saying this. Listen, they came from those regions. Really, they could speak in that language? No. It was the power of the Holy Ghost of God laid upon them. And they started to preach because they started, as the Bible says anyway, that, that the Spirit gave them utterance, gave them words to say in that dialect. Why? Because there were men in that region right there that knew the dialect that for the first time were hearing the wonderful works of God. That's where we're at. And then all of a sudden they're mocking them. But watch verse 14. But Peter... In chapter 2 of the book of Acts, standing up with the eleven, 
lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Old Peter was a preacher, wasn't he? Here he comes, man. Boy, he's laying it out for him. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon and the blood before that great and notable day of the lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved you can say amen right there i'm going to preach on this thought here in verse 14 this morning be this known unto you let me tell you something is what i titled the message let me tell you something this morning i believe that's what peter was doing Peter was sitting around. They were filled with the Holy Ghost of God. They were, they were preaching the wonderful works of God in an unknown tongue. They were familiar with the Spirit as the fire came down and the wind sounded. Listen, God gave that as a sign to them to recognize that this was of the Spirit. Amen. And they started to preach. Man, they were preaching the wonderful works of God. And people were believing. And some were mocking. And as it was going on, Peter stood up with the eleven. In other words, they were all preaching. He stood up with the 11. It wasn't just Peter. Listen, all the men of God were preaching. But Peter stood up. And here's what Peter's message was. He stood up and, and said, he lifted up his voice. Be this known unto you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And I believe as they were mocking God, old Peter stood up. Now listen, they just didn't believe. That's all it was. They, they just... I don't, for whatever reason, they just didn't want to believe. We've got friends in our life like that. They're good people. These weren't bad people. They just didn't believe. All right? I want, I want to just notice a couple things here in verse 14 when I think about Peter. I noticed his confidence. If we're going to tell the world, listen, if we're going to tell them, let this be known unto you, I wanted to look at Peter as my example. Peter said this, lift up his voice. Confidence. We need some confidence if we're going to tell people something. If we're, if we're going to let it be known, we need some confidence. It was his boldness. Not long ago, Denise, he was denying Jesus. He was scared. Oh, but with the power of the Holy Ghost in his life and some of the trials and the fire that he went to, there was something about Peter now. He had a boldness. Oh, he was willing to die. We, sometimes we're going to go out to go through some fire. Sometimes we're going to fail God a little bit. Sometimes we're going to be challenged. Hope oh, don't quit on God. It took that stuff with Peter, and all of a sudden Peter comes along, and now they're, they're saying things, and the Holy Ghost of God is upon him. But Peter stands up with confidence and says, let me tell you something. There was a boldness about him. Oh, I liked it. I wonder if it was just because he was filled with the Holy Ghost of God. If it was, where's your boldness? If you're saved this morning, don't you have the Spirit of God? Now look, not only was there confidence, but he had clarity. He said in verse 14, be this known unto you. Now they, they were mocking over there in verse 13. In verse uh, 15 to 16, he said, they must be drunken. Right? But Peter in his confidence says, be this known unto you. Let me just tell you. Listen, sometimes we got people in our life that don't believe. If we had a little bit boldness in, in our life, we say, listen, just let me tell you. Oh, that Jesus, he's a, hold on a minute. Be it known unto you. Just let me tell you something. Have some confidence. Have some boldness with the power of the Spirit of God in your life. And explain it to him. Just show it to him. 
Give him some clarity. Not only was there confidence and clarity, but I noticed in verse 14, he used this phrase. Hearken to my words. Here's what the cool part was. He said, listen to what I had to say. Now, Peter's just filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time in his life. He's experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't just rant and, rave, rant and, rave, or rant and ramble. You know what he does? Even with the power of the Holy Ghost in his life, he goes back to the Word of God. He says, let me tell you what the Bible says. It wasn't Peter's thoughts, Joe. He went, he took them, they were confused and, and didn't know what they were talking about. But, but he used this. He had a concern for them. He said, hearken to my words. He was looking for them to respond. He says, I'm going to tell you what it is. But the word hearken means to listen with an intent to change. He goes, I'm going to tell you something. But if you'll listen to what I'm going to say, you'll believe. You have to listen to what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what the prophet Joel said. So when we put this whole thing together, you got all these men standing around. Some were believing. A lot of them were mocking them. Some didn't believe. They were excusing it away. The men are standing up. The gift of tongues is going on. They're preaching in different dialects. People are receiving the word of God. The gospel seed's getting planted. It's fixing to go around the world when these men go home back from Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, Peter stands up. He says, boys, I got some confidence. He lifted up his voice. He said, let me give you some clarity. I got a concern. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Why? Because I noticed there's some confusion in your words. That's all in verse 14. <laughs> That's how the Bible is. 15 says, as ye suppose. He said, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Oh, they were confused. You know, sometimes they'll look at things in this world and and they're confused, Mrs. B. I mean, it's evident that it's God and the goodness of God and the mercies and the grace of God. But the world's confused. Oh, but if we had some Christians filled with the Holy Ghost of God that had some boldness and, and, and had some clarity in their words with the concern upon their heart, that they would get rid of the confusion that lay in the hearts of men. That's why I wanted to preach on that this morning. Let me tell you something. We need to tell them. Hey, listen, they just don't. There was a time, man, you look like a fool running around without Jesus. And then somebody took their time and said, Ed, this is Jesus. They gave you some clarity. And all of a sudden, you were enlightened in your mind. Oh, I understand it now. I get what you're saying. All of a sudden, Ed Funk found himself on his knees. And, and, and as tough as you are, man, you humbled yourself before God. And you called upon the name of Jesus. And there you were gloriously born again as you received Christ into your life. Yeah, you were enlightened because somebody was concerned and had boldness. To tell you about Jesus. Where's yours? If you're saved this morning. Somebody did. Where's yours? Ha, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me give you these three things quickly. And I'll tell you. About what old Peter said. We can stand with boldness. As we preach. Our burden to the blind. You understand that? You got buddies all around you man. That are blind. Stand with boldness. Preach. I can't do it. Oh, sure you can. If you're saved, you got the Holy Ghost of God. You got the power. You got the influence. You got everything you need with the Holy Ghost of God to do exactly what Peter did. Peter didn't say anything on his own. He preached the word. He went back to Joel and told him exactly what was going on. And listen, I don't know how to explain it. Just go to the Bible and tell him, hey, what's going on? Ah, I can't explain it. All I know is this. Is he said that I'd become a new creature in Christ and old things be passed away. It's nothing that I did. I know I used to be on the bottle and I tried to quit for years, but all of a sudden I got gloriously saved and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And, and all of a sudden the love for the liquor left me. And all of a sudden I found myself in my Bible 
Bible more than in my bottle. And all of a sudden, I started to find that my marriage got better. Yeah, but what did you do? I can't take you anywhere except to the Bible. And if I can show you the Word of God, I'm telling you that that's where it's at. It's the power of influence, just having confidence in what God can do. That's it. We can stand with boldness as we preach the burden to the blind. They need enlightened. This is important. Why? In Acts chapter 2. Because of where we're at dispensationally, things are changing. The gospel message is still the same, but it's different how he's working. Listen, it was just localized right there in the ministry of Jesus Christ, but now we're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, and we've been commissioned to go out, ye therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel. And he set this up right here with tongues. There's not a place on this world that we can't go that God isn't able to get the message of the gospel out. Do you understand that we've got the power and the permission to go into the world and preach? That's good. That's why we're sitting up where we're at right here. Here's what Peter does to these men. I want you to see the explanation of the spirit. You got to remember, they said, for these are not drunken. As ye suppose, remember in verse 13, others mocking said, these are men. These men are, they're full of new wine. They're just drunk. Look at them acting crazy. Peter says, for these are not drunken as ye suppose. In other words, they were, they were making a decision without knowledge. They were just assuming well, I don't know why. I'm just going to suppose it had to be liquor. It's got to be some who acts so crazy like this, right? So all of a sudden, he, as they say that, uh, Peter stands up with the explanation of the Spirit in verse 16. He says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32. I love it. I love it because it just opens up the Scripture and starts preaching the Word. Nothing new. Let me take you back to that Old Testament. That scripture that's already been given to you in your heart. Let me give you the things that mom and dad had taught you for years. Let me just take you back to what the prophet Joel said. The gifts and the influence of the Holy Ghost are upon all flesh. I love that. The explanation of the Spirit. These are not drunken as ye suppose seen as but the third day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel said that he was going to deliver the people. All the people. All of a sudden, how are we going to deliver the people? What was he talking about back there in Joel chapter 2? Joel chapter 2 talked about this. There is deliverance without distinction of race, male, female, or age. Joel preached salvation to the people. Joel preached salvation to the people. And all of a sudden, he started to get the explanation of the Spirit. What's this spirit that they got? Oh, boys, can't you hear it? They're speaking in an unknown tongue. The salvation's coming to those around the world. I like the explanation of the spirit in verse 16. God is dealing with the whole world right now. This is cool. I mean, listen, there wasn't a person that he would reject, Joe. Not in the whole Bible. Not, not in any, any part from the first page to the last. But God's intent, God's in focus right now to the whole world. And that's what he's doing with the Spirit. And not only was there an explanation of Spirit, look at verse 17. I want you to see the exposition of the Scripture. You know what Joel did? He said, let me explain to you the Bible. Why? Because they were blind. They couldn't see. They couldn't understand. They were supposing things. Well, we don't know, so we can only suppose what's going on here was they're drunken. But, but uh, Peter said, let me just show you in the Scripture. In verse 17, he said, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And they said, wait a minute. See, they were familiar with Joel. 
So he goes back to the Bible and he says, remember he said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh? And see, the testimony was the, the cloven fire tongues coming down upon them and the sound of the wind. And they were familiar with the testimony of the spirit. So they were putting this all together in the exposition of the scriptures. In verse 17, there was this. There was a promise of the pouring out. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. you got to remember, we're reading in Acts chapter 2, but this is a quote of Joel chapter 2. So as he's quoting this scripture, think about this. And it will come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. There's the promise of the pouring out. As he's, as he's explaining to them the scripture, he's telling them about the promise of the Spirit of God to everybody. Watch this. It shall come to pass. Here it is. And then I notice the promise upon all people. In verse 17 and 18. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my Spirit. And they shall prophesy. It's a promise on all people. That's good. We don't have to feel neglected. We don't have to look at it and say there's some that will and some that won't receive the Spirit. There's some that God's going to deal with and some won't. No. Oh, no. As Peter preached the message, he said the Spirit's going to be poured out upon all flesh. And then he goes through and he describes how the Spirit is going to work in them all. And then there was the performance of the promise in verse 19 through 20. As he's preaching about the Holy Spirit of God, he said, And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. You've got to remember when he's given this, he's covering a vast dispensation of time. And he said, let me just tell you how it's going to go, boys. This is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's the performance of the promise. Look, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. I like that phrase in verse 19. I will show. Oh, it's the promise of the Spirit. As we expound in the scriptures of God, it just gives us clarity. The promise of the prophecy to the people. Think about that phrase, Mr. B. The promise of the prophecy to the people. That's what we preach. That's where the power is given for. The promise. There ain't no point going to the world, people, if we can't go to them with the surety. There's no point reaching out to somebody if we don't have a promise, Mrs. B, that we can't go to them and say, let me tell you what I know to be true. The promise in the word of God to the people. The promise of the prophecy to the people. That was Peter's message. That's what he preached on. The exposition of the scriptures. Madeline, you come. Let me give you this last one. See, you know what I'm doing? Just for the record, while she comes, I'll just... You can take a breather. I'll take a breather. See, Dale's coming. He's like a 20-minute preacher. And I've been preaching for like 40 minutes lately. So I've been trying to like get the 20-minuters in before Dale gets here so y'all aren't like, oh, Dale's so wonderful because he preaches 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, Dale, you have to leave. Our pastor's coming back. He's 40 minutes. Um, nah, I'm trying to get it done. Praise the Lord. And I'm glad you're listening to me this morning. You know, if you'll incline your ears to what the Bible say, not, not me. Oh, I'm, I'm the deliverer. I'm a Peter right now. I'm just preaching the exposition of the scriptures. Here's what the Bible says. We have a promise of the scriptures to the people. Right? 
Now watch, we had an explanation of the Spirit. He's explaining to them why the Spirit, because it's to all people, it's what was promised. And then he said the purpose of the Spirit, the exposition of the Scriptures, was that we could have a promise of the prophecy to the people, right? And we're empowered to do that through the Spirit. But here's my last one. Enlightened of salvation in verse 21. Now, as he preached, here's, here's what his last verse was. And it shall come to pass... That whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know why Peter said that? That the light could come on. You know why those men were filled with the Spirit? Because they were preaching the wonderful works of God. You know what the most wonderful work of God was? The day that he gave his son on the cross at Calvary. You know what's so wonderful about it? And that while we were yet sinners, there was nothing that we did to deserve it. That his love toward us, he willingly gave of his son Jesus on the cross. That's wonderful. You know what else is wonderful? I don't have to go to hell. I don't have to pay the sin debt that needs to be paid for me because Jesus Christ paid the sin debt on the cross at Calvary. That's wonderful. If I paid your mortgage off, you'd stand up and say, it's wonderful. It would be. If I paid your car off, you'd say, that's wonderful. Yeah, amen, it's wonderful. What if I paid your sin debt? What if I kept you out of a place that wasn't designed for you, that it was for the devil and his angels? That's wonderful. They were enlightened of salvation when he used this phrase. Whosoever shall call. See, that was a big thing because of the Jews that were there. You mean the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You mean of the seed of David, the one that promised Messiah? You mean he didn't just come for us Jews? Oh, no. Oh, no, he came for them Gentiles, too. What? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful? They were enlightened of salvation. He, I, so here's the, the parts of the scripture in verse 21 I picked out. Whosoever shall call shall be. That's the promise. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if your name starts with A all the way down to Z. I don't care if you're bad news or good news. If you're a whosoever, it can be and it shall be if you'll call upon the name of the Lord. See, God has empowered us through his Holy Spirit. Why? That the world can know that salvation is for them all. Why am I empowered in the Holy Spirit? So the world can know it's for everybody. Would you stand with me this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. What a wonderful thing to, to have the, the Holy Spirit in our life. I, I, I was thinking this morning that. I was praying for everybody that would come today. I was like, Lord, I pray that, that as they walk in the doors, that they would desire in their heart. That, Lord, there would be something about them seeking the word of God, that, that it would change them, that it would encourage them, that it would, that it would lead them down the path of service, that, that they would just want to fellowship with you, God. And I got thinking about the reasons we don't. We get discouraged. We got troubles. We're broken in our life. We put it off till tomorrow. But when you got saved and you got the Holy Spirit of God, you not only got the power or the permission, 
But you got the prophecy. You got the word to give it to a lost and dying world. He empowered you to preach the gospel. God's empowered us through his Holy Spirit that the world can know that salvation is for them all. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, if you dealt with them, if you spoke to them, let them come. That they might seek your will. That they'd be encouraged. Let them feel your presence and your power. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. For anybody that's here this morning without Jesus Christ. Lord, let them come. Let me pray with them. Show them in your Bible your love for them. And how you can save them. In Jesus' name do I pray. If the Lord spoke to you this morning, would you come?